Hello? Yo. Hello. Oh, hey. Hi. Okay. Good. We're good to go. Okay. Um, I'll do the introduction, I guess. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our nameless podcast. We haven't decided on one, right? Um, today, we will be talking about uh, Modern Horizon 2. We've done all the monocolored stuff. Now, we'll be talking about the multicolored cards, mostly Rares and Mythics. Uh, I'm not sure if we had any comments or uncommons that we noticed, but we'll discuss them. Um, today with us, we have uh, Chris, Darren, and myself, Kevin. And uh, we have a guest. We have mentioned him a lot in our podcast, uh, talking about Tron and how to stop Tron. And you guys are uh, we horrible. have Kyle. You guys are horrible. Why would you ever want Welcome. to stop Tron? Welcome, Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. Um, Kyle, uh, tell us... Uh, about your magic history, when did you start playing? Hello? Yes. Alright, cool. Uh, so, um, I actually started way back in, what, 2010? 2011? Kevin actually got like, me what's, yeah. super into... What's, what set did you start I with? I started with um, like the passing of the baton from, I believe it was Frexia, New Frexia, into... Um, Innistrad. I pretty much. I, I like that standard. Yeah, that standard, standard was really good. You know, like all the the Snapcaster when it dropped, um, Cavern of Souls, Avacyn, all that stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a pretty good time to like join. Right. And right now, what what formats do you play? Um, I am mostly into Commander. Um, after you know COVID hit and you know tabletop Magic was like a myth. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just switched over to Commander. My buddy, um, he was really into it. Um, obviously Commander is more casual, so you can play at home. So yeah, it just, I, I slowly switched from a standard and like modern sweaty boy to a more casual Commander sweaty boy, you know? <laughs> but you still play modern, right? You have a modern. Yes, game. I do. And as you guys have, what I've heard is that you guys have been talking about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we can't help it. We have to apply how these cards uh, function against Tron. It's it's, it's an interesting uh, thought experiment we do. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how behind can we make Kyle? <laughs> oh, no. Which yeah. turn will we Kyle like, become? Oh, useless? we should all run this together and then just like do it. I'm pretty sure that's called <laughs> bullying, you guys. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, seven mana. You know, you have seven mana. Like, if we knock out one at a time, that's that's how the math works. Oh actually, yeah. You know? So like one land each, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, yeah. that's definitely how it works. Okay, so yeah, as I mentioned earlier, we're gonna talk about the multicolored stuff. Um, this will be alphabetical, more or less. And then we'll um, we'll discuss how we rated them. I don't think we looked at how other people rated them, so we can see how what people actually think. And um, here we go. So with our first card, um, he's been practicing for this. Darren, can you read it, please? So our first card is Asmerando Mardika Das Nikoldakar. I think I messed that up. No, that's pretty good. Um, that's pretty good. Sounded good. That sounded pretty good, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, legendary creature, human wizard. I didn't even know this is a wizard. Um, as long as you've discarded a card this turn, you may pay, uh, it's like hybrid Rakdos. You may cast the spell, uh, when <laughs> Asmo, uh, enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named the Underworld Cookbook, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. Sacrifice two foods 
target creature deals six damage to itself, and it's a three three on top of that. And how much does it cost to play? Oh yeah, uh, zero. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, a mana value of zero. All right, so um, I think we started rating these back when the spoilers were still out, but looking at it, so <laughs> it's kind of a fifty-fifty split <laughs> between combo and busted. Um, so I think I know what Darren would say about this. So let's let uh, let's let uh, Kyle and Chris talk about it first. So uh, Kyle, what do you think about this card? So um, I don't know if you guys know, but as the sweaty like try hard that i am that looks up like mtg goldfish what's in the meta every other day kind of boy i am um i i think there's a there's a modern deck with this card right the the mm-hmm. urza's cookbook yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so urza's cookbook i've been like hearing a lot about that um honestly just this card by itself is like really really good um i believe um the the madness mechanic to it is like really really solid plus the food the food stack outlet um that that's that's honestly like removal right there uh the problem that i see with this card is it's like from a commander standpoint you have to build like your whole deck around it like there's no like it is super themed you're obviously playing like uh, the chef in the kitchen cooking up food and that's where i kind of see the problem with this card is just that like i don't know like especially in commander when you're playing like one of's you're just you're just trying really hard to like make food uh, like food tokens in black and red you know what i'm saying but from a modern standpoint I don't know. There's there's not too many there's not too many like faults with it. It's it's one. It costs either one red or one black. Super cheap for a three three. On top of that, you are you get you get to thin your deck out for the cookbook, and then, you know, it's also discard food for like let's say, um, what is it, uh, faithless looting or anything like that. You know. <laughs> faithless salvaging now yeah faithless salvaging or what is the the instant one that's two two mana uh thrill of possibility thrill of possibility yeah so alright how about you Chris what do you think yeah I think if the card's good I definitely agree with what Kyle said I think that I only put it as a combo just because obviously it goes with the Uniworld cookbook it's just like a set combo piece I believe and I don't I guess I can see it being run in like other types of deck, but besides that one deck for that one like purpose, I don't see it being run like other than that. Or at least I wouldn't run it. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as it goes for playing it in a combo, I like it. I would definitely like to see that card being played when that with that combo, but I don't think it would be good in any other scenario. Okay. Um... Darren, I know you're itching to say your piece, but I'm gonna let you go last because, you know, you know why. Yeah, you know why. Yeah, I sure, go last. sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I put this as busted because I do agree with what Kyle said. I also, I was also looking at lists. This was one of the first decks that popped up before Modern Horizons Two even came out in paper, and um, I'll let Darren go into more detail about it. But it does have, uh, it does have a whole gag feel to the deck, and it, it is fast. 
it almost has an infinite um, engine attached to it. And yeah, as Kyle said, a 3-3 for, for one mana is a pretty good value by itself already. If you ever decide to attack with this. And it it kind of it kind of finds the whole engine by itself if you're able to activate this card. It is kind of a... I see what you guys mean with the combo part where you do have to discard to, act, to activate this thing. But once you do that, um, I think you're good to go. And uh, Darren, I'll let you go into more detail about that. So, um, so I've I played this card. I yes, he used this on our last time we played together. <laughs> I think it's I it's it's a pretty good deck. Um, she's actually not the best card in the deck, though. The main reason why you like the main reason why this deck works is because of Underworld Cookbook. Um, she kind of just like puts it all together because she can fetch for it, and she she you can you can discard you can like. You the the discard, the discarding of card enables her to be played. Can uh, you go so, into detail about how the deck runs? Okay, so you would run. Hmm. So your main, your so your main, the main, the main part of the deck is, is underworld cookbook. You're gonna be tapping it to discard things and then making food. So if you can discard either the bartered cow, or the oval chase, um, oval chase daredevil. They can um, so when you discard the cow, it produces an extra food on top of the on top of the food that you make from Underworld Cookbook. And for Oval Chase, every time you get a, a an artifact enters a battlefield, if the if the Daredevil is in the is in the graveyard, you can get her back into your hand. So that's the infinite loop that um, Kevin was talking about. So your goal is to discard cards. The, the biggest card you want to be discarding is not Hogak, but it's going to be the Feasting Troll King. The 7-6 Vigilance Trample, um, a big beefy creature. Uh, and then if you have three food, you can bring it back from the graveyard. So if you can make three food and this is in your graveyard, you just, br you just bring it. <laughs> you're, just ba you're basically playing Hogak. You're just you're playing a Hogak deck. Um, the way I run it is I play with, with Gilded Goose and the actual, uh, the Cat Cauldron combo, but I don't think that's the, I think that's the way to go. I think it's, uh, the, the Cauldron Familiar, uh, and, the and the, okay. the other oven, the, and the oven is kind of makes the deck a little bit slower. It is another yeah. way that you can kind of, um, push for damage, but I think you want to just, like focus on the discarding and bring things bring things back from the graveyard mm -hmm. so yeah yeah darren kind of summed it up so troll king is kind of like the new hogak in this deck where you bring from the graveyard it's kind of easy to make food tokens with it and at the same time um i do like uh how uh asmar has that activated ability where it can shoot things in case something can block the troll king you can just punch it for six damage by sacrificing two foods so that's always a fun uh, thing to use. But yeah, as Kyle said, this is one of the decks that is showing up. So it's it's an interesting build. People are also trying out different like versions of it. Like what he said, with Urza, you can kind of get it. So yeah, um, wow. It's a, it's a good card. I think we all agree, right? No, yeah. Oh, for yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It seems fun. So, it is. Uh, not when you're playing against it. But yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Darren mentioned the Darren mentioned the cat oven. I already don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, I actually told I him like that cat that. actually feels slower compared to the rest of it. But you know, no one likes seeing cat oven. I love yeah. the cat oven. <laughs> of course. Okay. So okay, the next card. Um, I'll read it. So the next card is Karth the Lion. It costs two colorless, a black and a green. It's a legendary creature, human warrior, three five. And whenever Karth the Lion enters the battlefield or a planeswalker you control dies, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. And planeswalkers' loyalty abilities you activate cost an additional plus one loyalty to activate. So pretty much it's giving you an extra loyalty counter whenever you activate an ability. So let's see how people rated it. Most of us rated it as fringe. <laughs> we have Kyle, <laughs> who said it's combo tastic. Okay, Kyle. It's for Convinces. sure combo tastic. Okay. What what deck? Go okay, on. so um, again, uh, commander player here. Obviously, I'm gonna have that bias, right? Uh -huh. So, okay. like having Karth the Lion as a commander is like you're in green black. Which means you can only play like what green and black, um, green and black commanders, right? But uh, with uh -huh. the recent set, um, the one before Strixhaven, called yes, Caldheim. Um, what's it called? Uh, the Voren clicks in there. <laughs> um, that just having the Voren clicks and having Karth together just synergize really well because. Um, Karth is going to make you search for um, Planeswalkers and then um. Born Clicks is just going to let you um, whatever Planeswalkers you do play they're going to enter the battlefield with double their um, double their counters right? So yep. let's think of like busted green, black or <laughs> as the Tron player colorless Planeswalkers <laughs> Yeah I mean people made a list of what cards can ult when this hits the field, yeah, so, but if with Vorn clicks, that's with Vorn clicks is overkill, uh, right? Overkill. So like, um, and just just being in green black is probably like one of the more like versatile colors, because um, just thinking about like worldly tutor, instantly get like search for Vorn clicks in the ninety nine. Um, all the black tutors, pretty much any card you want. Um, yeah, and then it's just I think it's. It definitely opens up like Golgari walkers, um, in like Commander, but from a more um, constructed standpoint, I guess for modern and uh -huh. yeah, for just modern in general, having a three five for four that searches a Planeswalker for you on turn, let's give it like the benefit four. of the doubt. Yeah, turn. Yeah. Turn three, if you have a dork on turn one or something, uh -huh. it's not, in my opinion, the best because, yeah, you're just going to be a sitting duck with a three five, no abilities or no combat abilities, pretty much, and then you're just you're telegraphing which like planeswalker you just does it say reveal? Yeah, it says reveal. So you're just yeah. telegraphing what you what you're going to play next. So from like a more yeah constructed limited standpoint, like you just it's kind of a dud. But from a from a commander standpoint, woo! 
It's so good. Oh. <laughs> it's combo-tastic. That, I don't know. That didn't really convince me about its modern playability, though. Uh. Yeah, modern playability <laughs> is totally, totally not the greatest. But Well, okay. Let's check in with... Well, Chris also put it as a combo slash fringe. Chris, where do you see this? And yeah, you know, I... I think it's a. I think with this ability or w- with like what it does, it can be used in like a combo-y deck. You can definitely uh-huh. see it like with built, kind of with that mindset. I put it as fringe because I don't think it's that good. I think it's, yeah, like with what Kyle said, it's four mana, three five. Doesn't really do much besides it's it's when it enters the battlefield, it's ETB trigger, and so I just feel like. If it wasn't a combo, it would be in the fringy more category for that. As for where I would see it played, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I probably wouldn't even play it myself, which is why I put it in fringe. I just think it's, <laughs> I think I could, it could see play if it, like, if it had to be, like, really specific. Like, it doesn't have too much versatility, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I don't know, I not that great all right how about you darren what do you think so i kind of agree i agree with uh i agree with kyle it's uh on turn on turn three giving it the benefit of the doubt turn three it's not that good um but i i think i'm just really interested in what it does i like how it gives it it gives basically your planeswalkers a plus one i think that's really cool um i I think in a Golgari Walkers, it can work, but I think it's more like it's more like a draw spell for you in that deck, and like it's an extra value engine for you. But the main the main the like the main reason why you're gonna be playing it is because you're trying to you're what's it called you're trying to win with your Planeswalkers, with your Lilianas, your Nissas, your Vivians, whatever. Um, but I think I'd want to see this. I think Micah really, like, he already has a deck kind of built built around Golgari Walkers. This is just like a, this is just like a birthday present for him. Like, this is a really nice card for him. Uh, but I think, I think it can work. It's not going to be great, but I think I, want, I just want to see it uh, in a Golgari Walkers deck. Do you, do you want to know the yeah. walkers that can actually ult? On turn one. Yeah, oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what we made the list before. Oh, it's did. funny because a lot of them, Micah is already running. Oh yeah. Oh really? Uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, it can it can do um, Garrick. Oh. Garrick Wildspeaker. And drop the emblem. Yeah. No, no, oh. the the Golgari one. Oh. It can drop um, the emblem. Curse Huntsman. No, no, not that one. Uh, yeah. They have, they have so he has so many names now. Yeah, Curse Huntsman, the the Golgari is one. Is that right? one? Creatures you control get plus three. They get overrun. Yes, that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that that's one. That's pretty nutty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about this. Actually um, nutty. I like. I just immediately honed in on the bottom text where loyalty. But if a planeswalker dies, you get to activate it again. So if you think about it, if Micah's deck, it's funny how we always talk about other people's deck and when they're not here. <laughs> in this one. But yeah, when he ults with it, he gets to dig again for another planeswalker. Which is pretty good by itself. Um, I do agree with Kyle. I think the first thing that people looked at at this is the EDH because um, 
digging in Golgari walkers is actually pretty good, especially like if you have 100 car or 99 to look for. But yeah, I think uh, like what you guys said, it's it's fun to see, but it's easy to work against it. Oh yeah, for I like it unlimited because uh, the value on it uh, for four mana, I think it's fair for just like a vanilla creature. But <laughs> if you can get a planeswalker <laughs> when you're drafting, uh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but if you draft uh, this yeah. set, there's no planeswalker other than Grist. Like you're gonna uh, have like well, you go, stars to align. <laughs> you go four color, and then you you add a uh, uh, what's her name. Gaedron. Oh yeah, for sure, no <laughs> doubt. Or or Dakon. Uh, Dakon. Yeah, you know. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. All right. <laughs> but I mean, we we did all rate it kind of on the low end, so just hope you get a bunch of fetches yeah. to fetch correctly. Yeah. yeah, it's fun to see, but you know, it is pretty combo tastic if you get yeah. <laughs> if, if you get it off in the ninety nine. Uh, that'd be funny. Okay, our next card. Um, Kyle, can you read this For one? For sure. Alright, so their next card's Chainer Nightmare Adept. It's gonna cost 2 generic and Rakdos mana. He's a legendary creature, a human minion. Um, his ability is discard a card. You may cast a creature spell from your graveyard this turn. Activate only once each turn. And whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if you didn't cast it from your hand, it gains haste until the, your next turn. And it is a 3-2. Okay. It looks like we all rated it about the same. You guys, we all put combo. I think I know where Darren's planning to put this. <laughs> because of, mm -hmm. it says discard. So let's ask Chris. Chris, what kind of combos do you see? You can do no, I I like this card. You know, this card, it, it's it's very fun to me. Like, it seems like I'd have a fun time playing this card. I would just see it in like a... I don't know, I mean, I guess the main goal of the deck would just be discard big creatures. And, um... Yeah, just, I mean, you can just like keep like discarding big creatures, play a big one, discard, play, discard, play. I would pair with other... Uh, ETB triggers that maybe like ping other, ping opponents or does other mechanics too. I don't know exactly where I would put it or like with what other cards. Maybe down the list we can talk about them. But um, cool. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of cards in this set that can go well with this particular card and its effects. Okay. And it, I like it's each turn, right? So you can do it like your turn and the opponent's turn. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. So like you can just like keep pumping out creatures. Maybe you can, yeah. I don't know. You can do a you can do some crazy stuff with this. Alright, Kyle, how about you? What kind of stuff can you play around with this? So if you guys didn't know, this card actually came out in a Commander precon before. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Before it came into Modern Horizons two, and uh, yeah, that Commander precon was all about the madness um, mechanic that they brought back into uh, into MH two. Um, honestly, if you played that precon. This card was your shit, you know? Like, this card, like, pretty much if you're running Rakdos, discard anything, um, like Madness, even, you can probably put it in Asmo, and this card will shine, because, um, like, there's so many, like, just giving the, um, like, 
creatures haste that are like madness like if you discard asmo um you and you have chainer on you instantly give it haste and then you're just swinging for three out of nowhere for maybe for like literally just one mana that's basically like a bolt on a stick if like they have if they're tapped out for creatures right and also on top of that like there's a like like chris said you can uh do this on like each um each each other's turn so let's say you pass turn um i'm pretty sure the ruling on madness is even though it's a sorcery you can still use it if you discard it on their turn right uh-huh. Yeah, so like you, it's it's value town for madness because you can just like you can just instant out sorcery like madness sorcery stuff. You know, it's great. Okay, uh, Darren, how about you? I I like this card. Um, I was hoping that it can be kind of a whip of Erebo style, but you actually have to pay for the cards, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, so come on. <laughs> you have to. So you have to actually. Um, you have to. Like I think you're gonna be playing smaller stuff with this. Um, so because of that, I like it less. But I still kind of. I I still like the card on its own. Um, cards that I wanna. I wanna like. Replay like cards that like I wanna recast would be like. Um, uh, Chupacabra. That'd be nice. Um. Let's see. Hmm. I don't know. Like cards with really with with pretty good uh, ETB triggers. Uh, the free oh. discard is it's really nice. It's a it's part of the. It'll keep it up as an engine on turn four. I think that's kind of where you want this for modern, because that's when you're gonna be trying to ref- like you've played stuff. Things may have died. I think you're gonna be uh, you want to be like playing cards from your grade for value. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't know where this is. I just, I haven't thought about like where what kind of deck I would kind of put this in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. I like what Chris said um, about uh, this card, where it does have a lot of utility, and uh, you guys kind of gave your own examples where you can use it. Uh, I also like how it kind of it kind of fuels um, Hellbent on its own if you just keep doing it just to do it <laughs> and there are some cards that care about things leaving the graveyard um, for example a uh, lore hold has that was kind of their mechanic back in Strixhaven where if cards leave your graveyard you activate something so even so what Darren said even though you are casting it you can kind of do a roundabout way of doing it by pitching it on the grave and then casting it if you have some sort of effect that cares about that um, I mean, this card by itself, it also gives them haste. So you are giving your creatures haste. Uh, Darren, I'm surprised you didn't mention a reanimator. Yeah, If you because have this in a reanimator. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a fringe it. play on that. But it's kind of spicy giving something haste when it enters the board. True, true. But my, my problem is that you have to cast it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. No. You don't have to cast it. Those two clauses are separate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or like just whenever. I not, yeah. Even if you just have it in the grave. I mean, on, on the battlefield. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's a three-two, so it's a it's a decent body too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I can see that. I can see that. Uh, one thing I did, uh, yeah, I like the point that you said about bringing things back that died earlier and at poor cost. One of the cards that Amy thought of was Grief for the evoke creatures. Because the evoke creatures are in your grave if you evoke them. Oh. They're not exiled. So, so you like can bring Fury. those back. And, Fury would be nice, and yeah. some of them do have flash. So even if you discard one on your opponent's turn, like, oh, here's Solitude. What's up? Oh, I like that. I like that. And you can evoke them from, from because you can cast them, so you can cast them by paying the evoke cost. Oh, really? You can do that from the graveyard? Well, it says right there you can cast a creature spell, and those things have flash. Oh. Yeah, evoke is a different casting cost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So okay. So can you discard a card and then cast that same, that same card? Yeah. So what this okay. card does essentially is when you discard a card, it gives you an opening. You can cast a creature spell this turn, oh, anytime. You can do it. If you discard main phase one, you can do it main phase two. You know, as long as the opening is legal. So if you discard something with flash on your opponent's turn, you can cast it if you wanted oh, to because it has flash. Bust. So yeah, I that's mean, good. that's a pretty cool like, like window I saw in it. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, but the thing is, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, like a different angle, and it's not the fastest engine. But I do like how it has some flexibility in that. It's, yeah, kind of like what you guys all yeah, said. It's super so, combo-tastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, just think of like, what is it? The the Kaldaheim card that brings like everything of a certain type back from your graveyard if you foretell it. I think it's like... um. Oh, yeah, that black card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's just say you put this in like, I don't know, Jun, like Jun Dragons, and then... And then you just res all your dragons out of nowhere. They all have haste, and then you have this swarm of, like, beefy dragons swinging in. Ugh. That's true. Yeah. Do you want to make that uh, that deck? Um, (laughs) And then uh, send it to me so I can buy it. (laughs) I'm a commander player, Chris. I don't know. Well, I mean, I love a challenge, you know? (laughs) Okay, yeah, it has some interesting uses, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of very, it's very uh, Johnny in that sense. Uh, yeah, stuff you can do with for it. Sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, next card, Chris, can you read this one, please? Of course, this is the Con Shadow Slayer. <laughs> it costs a white, a blue, and a black. It is a legendary planeswalker. It's a Decon. When Decon the Shadow Slayer enters the battlefield with a number of low. Okay, sorry. It enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on him equal to the number of lands you control. Plus one to surveil two, minus three exile target creature, and minus six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. And it comes in with zero loyalty. Well, well, depending on how many loyalty (laughs) of lands you have. Okay. Uh, So we all rated it pretty low, except for Micah, who's not here. I want to hear his (laughs) thoughts on it. But uh, that might have to be off podcast. Um, yeah, uh, I'm surprised about this planeswalker. Usually, I guess I don't know if they learned their lesson from the first one, but um, I'm not too impressed with this card. Why is it twenty three dollars? Is what I want to know. <laughs> no, that was uh, based on yeah. We we made our notes before spoiler before spoilers were finished. Oh okay. So this was the price for it. yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's twenty three dollars anymore no, right now. It looks like it's three dollars on Scryfall right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah three dollars on Scryfall. Okay, that makes so much more sense. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, 
it's yeah, funny. Go ahead, Chris. When I like when I first read this card and I was like trying to give it a rating, when I first read it, I was like, yeah, it's meh. And then I look and I see Kyle, he put it also as meh. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty accurate, yeah. The full disclaimer: I did not know what the freak fringe meant before. Like yeah. before Kevin, so I was like, I was looking at the, like the legend. I was like, Banable busted. Okay, it makes sense. Staple, uh huh. Playable, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the heck is fringe? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to cringe when I see this card? And, like, it's like, yeah, think of it. Think of it in terms of like, yeah, like how often is it used? Like, you know, like like five Like, who who runs this in their deck, kind of oh, thing? Yeah, but then so, sure. it has some use. But yeah, um, where where do you guys see this card being run? Nowhere, I guess. Just to just to like play around with it, you know. I mean, Maybe like if you have like a, a like a discard deck, you can use it to discard. But I feel like there's just so many better options. Okay, so Darren, go ahead. I actually, I, I put it as, I read it as fringe, but I like this card. Uh-huh. I like this card a lot. Um, it's really good in an Esper deck, Esper control deck, uh, because it it kind of wins you the game if you're able to put that if you're able to like play it on six. You're gonna be able to cast your six man or your your fifteen mana um creature, right? Your freaking Emical from your hand. Artifact artifact card. Artifact Oh no No, not colorless. No oh, way. No. Oh, no. I was no, like, no, what? No, no, what fifteen no, no. mana artifact do you have? We don't do that no, here. We don't do that here. You're getting oh, into no. my territory. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that would be way better. If the minus hmm. six was that, it would be way better. I guess oh, yeah. you can colorless I guess you card, can play yeah. like a a Blightsteel Colossus, the 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 eleven mana eleven eleven trampling in fact creature. Trample. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, from your hand, so you can play it early and you can have it as a finisher. But then, the the question is, why would you be running? Why why run Esper when you can run um, through the breach, in a more like in the same like controlly shell. So, uh-huh. so there's there's that kind of like what what are you what do you what do you have in in Esper that you can't have in like a in like an Is it or a Jeskai style um, through the breach? There's another there's another one in there's another like through the through the breach card that you can play in that. Uh, so I think that it's I think in that kind of deck um, it has some it has some like life, but. You know, you have to you have to choose between you're going to be playing through the breach or this. Uh huh. Okay, so uh, let me ask you guys this. Um, so Chris, out of the three abilities, which one do you think would be the most impactful if it hits the board? Like, if you had the choice to activate one of them, which one? I feel like I would just do the minus three. Mm-hmm. Like I... three mana, like. I mean, it's pretty much like a three mana. What? This uh. Exile? I don't know. Yeah, path without the land search, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, I guess you can use it to stall, mm-hmm. and maybe if you, maybe you can also use it to get an artifact. I just don't think it's <laughs> yeah that how, good. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. How about you, Kyle? Which one of those abilities would? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would if I were to ever play this card, it would be like a one of in uh-huh. maybe like a like an esper artifacts deck because like the only one that seems worth it to me is like the ultimate but like obviously you're playing esper you can you can you're obviously playing control right 
so you can install the game out to where you have you know like so many lands right so that being said why like why not just play it when you have like 10 lands you know and then and then drop like a big artifact like like Darren said like um there's white steel white steel there's you know, Mind Slaver if you're a degenerate. Um, <laughs> oh, true, huh? That's not really a feature, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's Mind Slaver if you're a degenerate like me. Um, yeah. Um, what other really good artifact finishers are there? Like, there's so many other... Like, there's so many other things that could take this slot, though, in your, mm-hmm. in your deck. Um... Like the other two abilities don't really seem relevant. Um, it's mostly just that that ultimate, probably for like end game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I kind of agree with both of you guys. Um, I think the surveillance there, kind of as a way to give it a plus without making it broken. Mm-hmm. And because I think. Yeah, there's two ways you can play this guy. You can either drop him, like what Kyle said, when you have 10 lands. Or drop him early. And he's not a threat, right? He doesn't look like a threat. You're going to let him surveil. So, but now the question is, what artifact is he going to look for? Kind of thing. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, what Kyle said. How many artifacts can you really look for with this guy? Uh, It's... I don't know. We we always joke about it here, Kyle, but uh, Ornithopter always gets brought up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like... Sur- Minus six, dropping that zero-cost Ornithopter. I mean, you know? Dakin's also in, like, what is it? Demir colors? So, I mean, if you want to be, you know, that guy who's running, like, four... What is that? Meba. <laughs> the, the one where you... The, the jellyfish where, like, you mill it, and then... You just get it? Oh, oh my gosh. Darren Narco runs Miba. it. Darren knows. Narco Miba. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Narco Miba. And then the... Oh. Chilling... Uh, chipling, no, crippling, uh, crippling Chill. Yeah, Crippling Chill. Yeah. Like... Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, you could, but then you would just have to base your whole deck around, like, self-mill or surveil, which, I don't know, it doesn't seem, like, all that worth it to me. Yeah. I think... They were, I don't know, for me, it looks like they're trying not to make this look like a threat. And yeah, like what you said, maybe it can be a surveil engine or you can drop it for its ultimate. Because if I see this on a board, I am, I'm, I'm not going to bother to kill it. I'd rather kill you directly, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, if I see this on turn three and they surveil, I'm just going to let them do it. Like The good old play removal. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. Kyle brings up a good point for that, like, ultimate cost where you can just, like, play endgame. I actually like it a, a lot, a little bit more now. Yeah, because, like, you, you basically cheat out, like, a bomb artifact for three. Yeah. Yeah. Platinum Angel. Oh. Yeah, you know, if like you're one. about to lose, just <laughs> get that Platinum Angel. Worm coil save, engine. Save your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I would have run it, but. I would want to see what someone does with it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should just... Like a one-up definitely seems possible. And then make it good. Three dollars, yeah. right? You should make buy them all and make it good. And then... Yeah, for sure. 
You're right. Let me just buy them all out real quick. Yeah, for sure. Do it, Chris. You won't. It's, it's like stocks, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Physical stocks. <laughs> I already have the monkey for that. Oh. He did. He pulled the a monkey. monkey. I pulled the monkey. Congratulations. The monkey's so good. Right. Okay, I'm looking to sell. Alright, let's see. Okay. Let's go on to the next card. Darren. Can you read this next card? Uh, Fire and Ice? How yes. do I read this off? Uh, so it's a fuse. It's not a fuse card. It's a, it's a, it's a split, split card. Split card. There you go. There split. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about fire. The first part is one colorless, one red instant. Fire deals two damage divided as you choose among one or two targets. Then it's ice. One, uh, sorry, one colorless, one blue instant. Tap target permanent. Draw a card. Okay. Can I start on this? Yeah, go. Uh, yeah, we're kind of split on this, okay. so yeah, go first, Kyle. I love and hate this card. <laughs> I'll explain. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so giving the benefit of the doubt, I'm a Tron player, right? Like, uh-huh. I don't care anything right. about fire. It's freaking <laughs> ice. <laughs> that thing will ice me out. So let's say, it like, let's say I natural Tron. Um... Like, literally on, like, upkeep, let's say you telegraph you have, like, Tron uh, mana available on, like, turn two with, like, turn two um, expedition map. Ice literally tempos me so hard. <laughs> like, I literally miss a turn of, of just, like, Karn action or anything. And then, on top of that, it's a cantrip, so they're honestly not losing any value. They're just tempoing me, which, in modern, is like... Like, it sucks. <laughs> 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 and, I mean, like I, could, like, I could obviously talk about fire with just, you know, um, being on the play and, like, just hitting, like, popping dorks, you know? Mm-hmm. Or... Um, like blitz blitz is like a super like blitz is a thing you could hit um swift spear turn one when they drop it you know anything you know so like this card is honestly like a super not super but like it's it's very solid um and with anyone who plays like even if you just play it for the one color stuff you know <laughs> that's <true. laughs> like I would play ice just for tap target permanent because, like, even on top of like tapping a land, like tapping creatures down, tapping artifacts down, like with Asmo, you could tap down. You tap the book, right? You tap the book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, you can tap the book so that they can't discard, and then you kind of stop their 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 combo from going off because it only needs one activation, right, for the book. Eh, it takes time, but yeah, takes time. Yeah, 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 it takes time, but still, just like stalling. Yeah, it's like a not... it's like a tempo play, yeah. like what you said. Having um, what is it? Just that tap ability on um a cantrip is like I don't know. It, it's it's pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, jump like back and forth. Chris, what do you think about this card? You know, I. I like it. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's a bad card. I definitely agree with Kyle. Like, the the fire, I'm like, uh, standard shock, I don't know. I guess you can split among two targets, so it could be useful in certain situ- situations. But the ice is definitely, like, the best part about it. 
tap target permanent draw card it is really good i don't know exactly where i would see it specifically maybe you guys have a, a better idea of where it will go but i feel like if anything it might yeah i don't know i, I don't really see it anywhere i can't, i would see it play like i can see people playing it frequently maybe even running four of it but um I personally wouldn't really run this card myself. Mm -hmm. But you agree that it's solid? Okay. Yeah, I agree it's a solid card. Okay, um, I'll go first before Darren. Like, yeah. So, uh, Kyle rated it as a staple. Chris rated it as a playable. I rated it as a staple also. So, uh, first, yeah, it's a reprint to Modern. So, it's uh, newly added. And I like what Kyle said about how the you can even just run this in a monocolor deck just for one side of it. They are, I would say decent i i think having them split like that has to kind of make them fair but i think the eyesight is stronger because of the tempo play on it i just realized that it said tap target permanent which is hilarious to me because yeah you can you <laughs> yeah. can yeah you can tap tron land you can tap it's like dirty. anything that would um activate like and like mess with you next turn one of the applications i thought of that was um Gadwick, Chadwick, <laughs> Chadwick. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I can tap two things down because it's a blue spell, and then it, it, and then. And then you bring it back. And then <laughs> do it again. Horrible, yeah. dude. But uh, in modern, um, I would say I would. I think I would run this in my Is It Blitz deck. Not a full set, maybe two of two of them. Um, so I think. I would use the eye side more often just because it can trips me. Uh, I wouldn't run a full set just because it costs uh, two to play. And usually I would prefer just a one drop cantrip. But I think the fire side is also good, like what Kyle said. If you can just shoot their blockers if they're trying to jump block you. Because Is It Blitz doesn't really have trample attached to it. You can fly over them, which is kind of how it goes over. But if they have birds, which is literally a 0 1 mana dork. You can shoot that, or they have something that costs two to block that's blocking you. So yeah, I like the card. Um, ignoble. You can hit ignoble, you can ignoble or um, what is it? The other noble. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just mean. You're just shooting dorks at that point. But uh, yeah, um, it also works, I guess, in the mirror match if they if they drop if you're on the if you're on the play. So that means on your turn two, you can shoot whatever they drop turn Well, Yeah, you can shoot their Swift Spear because it has two toughness. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, at that point, you can also just bolt it. or. But yeah, I, I like the card. I like the flexibility. Even if it. you get it later, and... like, you could just ice yeah. it out. Or, like, let's say they get... Oh, the, yeah. Let's say they get, um, what is it, Sprite Dragon? Like, you can just mm -hmm. ice it out. Yeah, definitely the tempo play is really good on it, which I like. Would right. you main board this? I would. Maybe two copies, not a full set. Darren, what do you think? So I like this in um, an Is It Control deck, but I think uh -huh. I like this even more in a uh, in a Cascade kind of deck because if you you can't shardless agent into this, and if you are playing, um, you can violent outbreak person into this. But if you're <laughs> playing in, if you're playing, uh, if you're playing it with Bloodbraid, it also misses this. So, uh -huh. and that and the the reason why is because the deck doesn't because it can't really run low cost uh removal yeah it kind of has to play weird removal like it has to play brazen borrower it runs um it can run uh bone crusher giant um or the or or the evoke creatures so i kind of like how it fits in that deck so when you play your uh when you play your cascade creatures you are just going to be hitting your crashing footfalls 
it's more it's more um oh. yeah i see what you mean yeah because it's the only thing that costs lower than two in the deck i think lower lower than three in the deck so yeah i think i think that's a that would be a nice home for it yeah okay that's good that's interesting okay next card uh kyle I I think this card is meant for EDH. Can you read it, please? <laughs> Garth One-Eye. He is Wooberg for the casting cost. He's a legendary creature, human wizard. Um, his ability is um, tap him. You can choose a card named uh, name that hasn't been chosen from among Disenchant, Brighton Geyser, Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth and Black Lotus. That's right, you heard it. Black Lotus. Um, create a copy of that card with the chosen name, and you may cast the spell. You still have to pay for its cost, though. <laughs> this card's so good. Okay, I think we all agree that this card will not see play in modern. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah, say there's right. steep casting cost. This is for this is for me. <laughs> for EDH. Okay. Um Kyle, since yeah, you're the most experienced in that. Uh yeah, can you explain to us <laughs> what what can you do with this I card? I would like to I would like to know that on our list, I rated it as a ah year, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so this card is amazing in EDH. One, you get access to all the colors. Meaning that, you know, go nuts with deck building. It literally gives you, like, so many possibilities. Two, um, there are, like, dude, you gotta play with Black Lotus. Like, dude, you get to play with Disenchant, man. <laughs> dude, you gotta play with OG Shivan Dragon. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, this is, like, um, it's honestly one of, like, the cooler, like, um... Kind of like veteran player cards, I guess. Like, obviously, I'm not a veteran. I came in and like, what, Innistrad block, right? But, like, if, if you don't know, like, History of Magic, a lot of the cards on that list are pretty much just, like, alpha, beta, and, like, maybe the first, like, five years of, of Magic the Gathering staples, like, right there. Um, not to mention Magic's most expensive card ever printed, Black Lotus, right? So, there are so many, like, really crazy, um, really crazy, like, combos to do with this. Like, um, the first one I can think of off the top of my head is, um, Thousand Year Elixir, or pretty much anything that gives your creatures haste. Um, Goth One-Eye and Deadeye Navigator. Boom. You basically killed everybody and have infinite mana, because... Um, giving Garth the able to tap, um, to tap it like when he comes back into play, you can make a Black Lotus, use that Black Lotus to make like three blue mana, use Deadeye Navigator's ability to bounce to him. Bounce it. Uh, if he comes back haste, rinse and repeat, you always have one blue mana open. So there's your infinite loop, you make infinite blue mana. Which will let you do that another infinite times to make all the other colors. And then on one of them, you just cast Brain Geyser. Brain Geyser, yes. And then you just mill them all out. 
I thought I thought you were gonna say uh, you cast a uh, Shivan Dragon and then you give it the uh, oh yeah and then you fire like breathe yeah mana. you fire breathe it and then you yeah <laughs> but you only kill one person that way and then you just kill the rest with like brain geyser <laughs> yeah this card is is honestly you know combo tastic you know um I love I honestly I love this card and just not not even just like just the card itself look at that art that stained glass in the black in the back oh so good. I think it's a he's a reference. I think he was a he was a character that's been mentioned before, but he wasn't really he hasn't been made into a card yet. Oh yeah, like Asmo. I know Asmo. Yeah. yeah, like she's been on like flavor text before, mm -hmm. um, but never had a card for herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, enough yes. of my gushing. Like, what do you guys think? Uh, I. Pretty sure Chris, you know, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good Wooberg. You know, I I, li I like playing Wooberg in a uh, commander. Um, but I don't know, I I don't I don't I don't know. It, it's an okay card for me. Like that combo you mentioned, it's a little too busted for me to play. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's too much power to have. You know, like oh, wield that power too... with confidence, Chris. No, it's it's too good, you know. You got you got to play fair sometimes. No, 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 never. <laughs> Although I don't know, I like this card. It it seems like a very fun card to play or play against. Like she's exciting. Like what is, what is she gonna get? Who knows? Disenchant. Disenchant. <laughs> yeah, disenchant. That's, you see a brain geyser? It hurts me. Who knows? <laughs> but Darren, I, do you see yeah. anything we can do with this? Well, I would I would want like if I were to play this, I'd play this in. A four, a five color control deck, and just have it as a, as a, as like, a toolbox. You have removal, you have removal, you have win cons. Okay, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there, there's some value to that. Um, the playability, though, eh, I don't know. In, in modern, I don't know. But you know, that might be a challenge that. Maybe I want to do. <laughs> yeah, Wooberg in modern so. is definitely, definitely not a easy feat. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wooberg green. Well, for me, technically, I I did make a Wooberg deck, right? If you remember, Darren. Well, what was it? What's in it? Mazes end. Oh well, that doesn't oh. count. But I guess Te I said technically. Yeah, uh, technically. I, okay, I made yeah. one too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I agree. It is kind of a fun challenge if you can make this work in modern. Um, I think Wooberg is actually easier now than people think, just because we got all those artifact lands. Um, I mean, we got the gates, which have their own support, you know. Um, uh, or just just run um, run those gain lands that gave you one life. Play them tapped. It's, okay. It, 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 I think I survived long lands. enough to play this. I think your opponent owes it to you to let you activate it. Nah. <laughs> Just, just once, you know. <laughs> just once. When you had to let them sit through every tapped try yeah. land. Because you played tap land for the first five turns, you know. It, it, <laughs> you yeah. Let you do something with it. <laughs> He's like, all right, you can have a turn now. <laughs> Definitely beating in your face turn two. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny if people. they if they pat this and like you have no basic lands because all your lands are dual color. I'm like, <laughs> That's insulting. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's a five five for okay. I mean, unlimited. You would not pick this. I would feel bad if this was your your rare or mystic in your pack because 
you don't have the mana to play this guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I feel sorry if you if you build around this, this guy in your draft deck. This is the biggest yeah, in a limited <laughs> format. It's just passive. But same thing, if you assemble this and you have the opportunity to cast it, I think your opponent owes it to you. The dig, you know, the dignity of letting you do something with it before they kill you. Just once, just once at least. Just once. Let, let the Black Lotus come out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you didn't get to play anything that turn because all your colors are yeah, mismatched. They, yeah. you're, if you get this off in a limited format, your opponent has to provide the Black Lotus. You, you, you the token. Yeah. 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 Fun card, definitely for EDH, but yeah, uh, I don't think we'll see it in a modern. I would be amazed. Um, next card. Ooh, I'll read this one. I like this one. So the next card is General Ferris Rokirik. He costs one colorless, one red, and one white. He's a legendary creature. He's a human soldier. Uh, 3-1. Hexproof for monocolored. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem artifact creature token. Okay. You start, because obviously you like this one. I'll start. Okay, I'll start. Um, I think we were kind of all across the board with our ratings here. Um, I like this card. I actually made a deck around this card recently. And a modern. Um, I used it against Darren and Micah when we were playing <laughs> the other day. I really like it. Um, so my shell, it's uh, it was Naya-focused. Uh, the Naya, the green, uh, helped me play Mana Dorks early. So I can get this out turn two at the earliest. Oh. And that deck had a lot of cards that were just either hybrid mana or multicolored. I think 90% of the cards there are multicolored or hybrid mana. The hybrid mana is very flexible because you can still just use one color to cast it, but it counts as a multicolored spell for this guy. Um, looking at the card itself, the Hexproof from Monocolored is actually pretty good because the it doesn't die to bolt. It doesn't die to path. It doesn't die to dismember. You can't vapor snag this. The only really way to deal with it is if you abrupt decay this guy or you lightning helix. And cards like that, they require at least a two mana investment or at least a deck that runs two colors. But I like the engine of it because. Um, I guess I'll give you guys an example of what, like, what my shell was. I had um, Bloodbridge Elf and Rhythm of the Wild in the deck. This is the so, Rhythm of the Wild. Yeah, with Rhythm of the Wild, um, it doesn't matter which one of these guys. You, if you play Rhythm after this guy, then you get a token. But then if you play it before him, he, he gets stronger. So he's a 4-2. But um, the Bloodbridge Elf is really good because... When Bloodbraid Elf enters the battle, um, when you play Bloodbraid Elf, you Cascade first. So the Cascade resolves first, and this guy would hit the field before Bloodbraid Elf. So what would happen is, this guy enters the battlefield, and then Bloodbraid Elf enters. So you get a 4-4 token right away when you play oh. that. Busted. I like it. And, yeah, and... um. I think some of the other yeah I also I was also running lightning helix in that deck and then uh, yeah a lot of hybrid mana stuff. Um, one of the cards I'm gonna add to it the deck actually Darren is some um, judges familiar. You're gross. I like it. I like it. Yeah, because it's a one mana hybrid mana multicolored, and it can kind of like help deal with like annoying um, like incident of sorcery. You're gross. So you gotta play on curve. <laughs> yeah, I think the the first time I played it against Darren and them, it didn't really do anything. Their one is like, "What's what's this deck?" Is 
But yeah, the second time I think I went off and then yeah, I had a bunch of four four golems. Four four golems, man. Yeah. But yeah, um, Darren, you also played this as playable. So what do you think? So uh, you can play this, isn't it? In you can play this in like. Well, okay. I'll just say where I want to see this. This deck is probably really good in the Niv Mizzet Reborn deck or like a four color Omnath deck. So there are cards where Garth can be also played. There are like other five color, four color decks in modern. Um, Cause the Niv Mizzet deck, you have to like play it like every, like every like kind of dual colored card to kind of get full value of the Niv Mizzet. So, you know, it's it's super do it's super value in that deck. Yeah. Alright. How about you, Chris? What do you think about this card? I I really like this card. And I'm glad to hear that you made a deck about it. Or on it. <laughs> I yeah, when I read it I was like, dude, I love these red whites, like four four cards, either golems. I guess golems are now or normally angels. I like I like cards that let you make tokens. Just pumped out things. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I like swinging wide, so yeah, I really like this card. Um, I'm yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad to hear you have a deck on it. I might make it one myself. It's pretty. Yes. Do it. There's a lot of ways to build it, so yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, forward. it seems very multiplayer friendly. Right. Kyle, uh, I w- we change your mind. I went meh, but I know. after I heard, <laughs> what is it? Um, Bloodbraid Elf. It, it puts me to to like combo <laughs> potential because okay. hearing you walk through that okay yeah that's definitely something i did not foresee but the thing that i that like makes me not like you're never attacking with this card right like you're just putting it on the field and just having it poop out tokens right mm-hmm. most of the time right but like i feel like in modern like it's three mana is what like steers me away from it you know because like okay so like yeah you let's say you drop it you're yeah you're in naya you drop it best case scenario turn two um you're on the play that's probably your best case scenario but let's say like worst case scenario you're on the draw and then you know they're playing, I don't know, something aggressive like Blitz or Humans or something. Like, to get those Golems out and, like, block or just have, like, a board presence, it, it's, it, it just seems tough for me. Because on top of that, this thing also only has one toughness, you know? So, I mean... Yeah, like, that's why I'll probably bump it up to, like, combo potential. But I don't know. For modern, it seems kind of slow. Don't get me wrong. If this thing pops off, you're you're coming in with (laughs) beefy (laughs) 4-4s. Look look at the drawing. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't know how, like, like, how consistent is it, like, of the times you've played it. You know what I'm saying? I think, yeah, for me, I mean, like, from my experience, the one time it didn't pop off was I never drew the card. <laughs> mm, okay. But, yeah, the way I built my deck was, yeah, most of it is multicolored. So if I get at least even one activation off of it, that's already you're making a 4 4. Yeah. 
And I'm running a full set because even if you play it, if you play two of them, you're one of them's gonna get legend ruled out, but you're still casting a multicolored spell. It's like a three mana. So four, you get four. another four four. So it's not that it's a it's it it doesn't lose value even if you're a multiples of it because you're technically making a four four with it when it hits if if you have two if you're replacing the one you have already. Mm. But yeah, I agree. Um you would need an answer for the earlier, for the faster decks. Um, one of the cards I was looking at was Pit Fight. It's a fight spell that's multicolored. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so you make a 4-4. So the thing is, the token gets made when you cast it. So you didn't, you're not even picking targets yet. Hmm. So cast, oh, Golem, fight that dork. Or fight that sprite dragon before it gets any stronger. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So yeah, like things like that. Yeah, I, I do agree though. You you need something for the early game, but if you can get if you can protect this guy for one or two turns and you play your spells, um, an easy one is Manamorphose because you're just yeah, it's free recycling. spell. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's a free golem. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, it runs away though afterwards. Yeah. I I mean you definitely changed my mind from it being mad. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Next card. Ooh, okay. Darren, can you read this card? Which one is this? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so this is Gaedron Dihara. Uh-huh. One colorless, blue, black, red. Legendary Planeswalker Dihara. Protection from permanence with corruption counters on them. Plus one. Each opponent loses one life and gains two life. So loses two life, gains two life. Put a corruption counter on... Up to one other target creature or planeswalker. Minus three. Gain control of target creature or planeswalker until end of turn. Untap untap it and put a corruption counter on it. Gains haste until end of turn. And minus seven. Gain control of each permanent with a corruption counter on it. For loyalty. Okay. So I think uh, most of us rated this when the spoilers were out. Uh, you can see at the like, I think back then it was still at twenty-five dollars. We all put it as playable. Um, Kyle, he rated play- it most recently. He is not impressed. I, um, Kyle, why are really why not. are you not impressed with this card? Okay, first of all, <laughs> like the plus one ability is it's just Soren's thirst, but like on a on an opponent, and then you put your little counter on, and then, mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know, like, it gives me, it gives me, like, Marchesa vibes, you know, just, like, uh-huh. you're just stealing things, but, like, yeah, like, let's say anything's, like, hexproof, or this thing gets countered, like, <laughs> it, it just seems lackluster and slow and clunky to me, like, I mean, yeah, drain for, like, let's say you drop it, you can't even, like, yeah, you just gain control of something, attack with it on turn four. I mean, let's say they have something threatening out. You have a Salk outlet, even better. But, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, lackluster to me. <laughs> like, it, I okay. feel like it just That's doesn't do fair. too much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's okay. How about you, Darren? What do you think? Did your, <laughs> you put this as playable. Um, oh. Do you still think it's playable? <laughs> Uh, uh, well, okay. 
I'll I'll try to do my best to like give it justice. So in a in a Grixis control deck, they this can act as a removal spell because it gives you let's say you they only have one creature on the field because you've dispatched all of all their other creatures. Um, then you can plus one get protection from that single creature that they have. And you can kind of plus one to try to get to the mine to, to your ultimate. Uh, you know, you might get there. I, I, it can work. It can work. But it doesn't give you protection from the creature. It only gives Dahada. Right? That's fine. That's fine. So now they have to attack you. That's fine. You can you can handle it. You can handle a. a th- you got two extra life. <laughs> yeah, you know you yeah right. You have the drain. You have the drain. so uh, like it's it it's it's hard, but I think I think it can I think you can make it work. It's kind of like a Nahiri, uh, the Nahiri Harbinger. She's not the best. Like she's a really good um, control finisher. But you really have to like protect her because you need to get to that uh, minus six to win or minus eight. Uh, same thing for her. On oh, Nahiri. Uh, what's up? On oh, Nahiri. For Nahiri. You mean. Same thing for her, same thing for Gaedron, except for except with her, she's protecting herself. She's not really protecting you, but she is draining you. So there's kind of that trade off. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Chris? Will you will you be running this with Dacoin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I like this card. I mm-hmm. you know, in, in a like a one v one setting for modern, it's definitely not good at all. But um, in like a multiplayer setting, ah, it, it can have it can have some effects. You know, it can have some effect. I like it. I lo- I like the plus one. You know, that's my favorite. Drain too, um, but um, you, you. <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems like it it has potential. Like it can make some plays, because you know if if for whatever reason you put a corruption counter on something and it survives everything, you know you play it again. Maybe you can take control of it at some other point. You know because the corruption counters don't go away, right? No, they do not. So you know may, maybe it has it has a potential somewhere. But one v one setting, I wouldn't play it. Multiplayer, maybe I'll run like two. It's only like three bucks. I don't know. It's two bucks. Yeah. Even better. All right. All right. Um. Okay. Yeah. I. I. I definitely would rate this down from playable. I do agree with Chris though. I like the card, and I can actually, if you can figure out a deck where this can live, this can actually win the game on one v one settings, because yeah, I think what you guys said. If there's only one creature on the board, and you keep putting corruption counters on whatever new thing they drop this thing protects itself i think that's one of the things that um planeswalkers they're kind of rated on does um does the plus ability protect itself because there's no point if the plus ability doesn't protect itself because it's going to lose it anyway because it's going to get attacked and yeah another thing is i think yeah the threat level on these planeswalkers they're much lower than oko or you know what i mean right. like all mm-hmm. those busted planeswalkers I don't see myself trying to kill this. Of course not. Well, one, because I might have a crushing encounter. And yeah, like I'd rather just kill you first. But I think at some point you might have to deal with it if it's going to ult and take all your creatures away. 
Um, I do like that play. I I think it's a fair planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit on the weaker side, but I I weaker side may, mostly because of the casting cost. Uh, three like three different colors, Grixis. I mean, it's a good color for controlling them, but yeah. It'd be nice if you drop this on the curve just because of those colors, but it's kind of hard. What if it costs just I, one less? Like, what if it was just if it costs one less? I this card would be busted. I would yeah, say. I think that'd be too like good. one colorless less. Yeah, yeah like one or colorless, one of the colorless yeah. less. Because yeah. I think either or it would be pretty good. Yeah. I I uh, a three mana planeswalker with four loyalty. I think it's it's pretty good because it doesn't die to bolt. Um, at turn three, there's not really a lot of creatures on the board, so you can probably protect yourself from whatever threat is there. So you might be able to just keep. She might be able to keep protecting herself at that point, at turn three. Yeah, but she costs four. <laughs> yeah. No, like one colorless less. Oh yeah. But... You could drop her a turn earlier. So th- yeah, if, if you're on the play, that means there's only one creature, maybe two. But you, you're not gonna kill her with with weenies at that point or mana dorks, you know. So, yep. Uh, she's definitely more fun than like powerful. Yeah, she, she's more fun than powerful. So look at that art, though. Come on, like the art is nice. Yeah. Okay, next card. It's another planeswalker. Kyle, want to read this one? Yes, Grist, the Hunger Tide. Um, he's one generic. One black and one green. He's a legendary planeswalker. I mean, he, she, they. I don't know. <laughs> legendary planeswalker Grist. As long as Grist, the Hunger Tide, isn't on the battlefield, it is considered a 1 1 insect creature in addition to its other types. For its first loyalty ability of plus one, create a 1 1 black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. For its minus two, you can sacrifice a cre- or you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. And it's minus five. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. And Grist right, comes in with three loyalty. All right, thank you. Um, I think we all kind of rated it similarly across the board. Um, I guess kind of just a rulings uh, trivia for it. You can't run this as your commander. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So going along with that, Kyle, what do you think of this card? (laughs) This card is so weird and wonderful. Like, it's like Golgari insects, but like, you see Garth the lion and you want to run him too with this. Like... I don't know how to explain this. Like, like you could, you could, you could, you. What is it? Eldamari's call him because he's considered a creature. Well, true, yeah. You could. You could Coco yeah, him. You could Coco him. <laughs> you can reanimate him, Darren. Yeah, you can reanimate yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, but like, I don't know. Like these these loyalty abilities aren't that great sometimes. Like the plus one, like. The minus two is great, like for for Golgari, but like then you then you have to go back to the plus one, and like even if you repeat the process, do you get the loyalty counter? You do. Oh, you do. Yep. Oh man, this got so much better in like literally just saying you do. So yeah, when you repeat it, you get 
So you have two insect tokens that can block for it, and it has five loyalty counters. So, but like, how many insects are there in magic? There's like, I feel like there's a lot, but not too many. Like, can you make a 99? Like, are there 99 <laughs> insects? In uh, Golgari colors? <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely not. Like, you're definitely going to have to sprinkle in some other... 145. There's 145 insects. Obviously, taking... How many in... of them are playable? Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you're doing 99... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but imagine just, like, milling yourself out for, like, a bajillion. And then... And then just like you're literally just hitting every land, like going until you hit every land, and then you have like a bajillion loyalty on Grist, and then you just you just kill him. <laughs> like <laughs> this card's so, it's so like niche. I like it, but on the other hand, it's so niche. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh. I let Chris go last because he has a he has a he, I think he has a home for this. Darren, <laughs> what do you think about this card? Um, you know, it's I kind of I'm really agreeing with what Kyle's saying here. There's a lot of things you can do with this, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has a home yet because it cares about insects, but then it it's a sacrifice kind of. It has a sacrifice feel to it, and you can, and you can search for this, so you can cocoa into this. So it's like, there's there's some sort of insect deck that has like some sort of like sacrifice theme that is out there, but hasn't come to like hasn't manifested yet. Uh, for me, I like the minus three part of it, but you gotta make it. W sorry, minus two. The sacrifice a creature, you need to store target creature or planeswalker. I like that, but you kind of have to make it work in the... You have to make the rest of the cards work in your deck. Um, because I guess... Uh, like, in a, in, a, in a deck that kind of cares about, like, sacrificing things. Like, I don't want to say um, an aristocrat's deck, but more of a... Yeah, yeah maybe an aristocrat's deck. Um, like, you'd play this... But then there's there's just this the insect po the the plus one is just kind of it is isn't as good in that deck if you don't have any like creature uh, in insects in the deck so it's kind of weird but I like it yeah okay um yeah okay um I'll go next I think that thing you said about aristocrats. I actually don't see this being run in Aristocrats. Right, it's it's a little weird. Um, yeah, it's you can do other things uh, that do the same as its loyalty abilities that are more flexible than playing Gris. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, if if it was a creature while it's on the battlefield, then maybe you run Aristocrats. But I don't see why you would sacrifice this to trigger your your Aristocrat abilities. Um, I, I like the card. It's it's spicy. It is the most uh, expensive one out of all the planeswalkers in this set. Uh, I think one of it is the, the three cost, which makes it. Um, you can bloodbraid elf into this if that's a thing that you care about. Yeah. 
Sure. <laughs> um, it's also pretty interesting because yeah, you can like what Kyle said. All those ways you can search for this from your deck. You can Coco it. You can yeah, Eldamri's call it. You can. Dude, you can, you can defense of the heart it in like command. And then the interesting <laughs> thing is, it's also a creature on the stack, so you can't negate this. So what, what's negate? People play negate, and you can't force a negation. This. There it is. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I mean, negate is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say you can't mana leak it because yeah, but yeah, it's you. It's interesting because you can actually um, what's the what's the creature counter spell there? And I'm blanking on um, it. Essence scatter. Yeah, essence scatter. Essence, you can essence scatter <laughs> it, which is like hilarious. <laughs> um, but the thing is, if you're gonna mill, I don't think you have to run this in an insect dedicated deck. It's just an extra bonus if you mill an insect. And it's funny is if you mill a grist, yeah, right. That's an insect. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, you're in ult range next turn. Um, but I think yeah, I think what Darren said this might be something in the future. I mean, thankfully there isn't an insect deck that's in meta cuz then this thing would just push it over the edge. So, that's kind of keeping it under control. What if you just like um, what if you just have your whole deck like insects? Let's I think there's a card that turns your your like um like cards in your hand or your deck like whatever's not in the field into a certain isn't type. Isn't the Kaldheim one the Ijaro one? Yeah, some yeah yeah. Hey, funny. So like oh yeah, changelings. Yeah, you're in changelings in there. Throw some changelings yeah. in there. And then what's it called? You just so you grist, and then you just keep milling, right? Because if you repeat the process, let's say you hit like thirty-four insects, <laughs> you now have like. 37 loyalty, and then you just dealt 37 I think the bigger damage. problem there is, yeah, there's, 30, there's 34 insects in the grave that you're going to ult next turn. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently Grist is an old English term for mill, like when you're milling like grain. So oh. that's kind of the, oh. the flavor hat on the deck. But I, I know someone who's who has ideas for this card. Chris, what do you think of this card? I like it. I, I really like it. It's you know, a lot of these cards are, like, they may not be necessarily good 1v1, or some of them are, but a lot of them are, like, very fun to play. Or it's fun to try to make it work. Um, I do have a discard deck that I, you know, I might, I might run it. I might run this. It, it could be possible. I would only run, like, a one of or maybe two, but um, I don't think you're going to get a lot of the plus one. Like, I don't think you're get a lot of the repeat portion of mm -hmm. it. But um, it could be like a good finisher if you pair with like Karth and maybe another card or the other card, the combo that gives it like double loyalty. Just like ult to like right off the bat, like on for three mana. It could be good used that way. Um, in terms of it for being for EDH, you can use cards like a Hermit Druid to like fuel your graveyard and then just like pop this turn three. Kill someone for forty, maybe. I don't know. Nice. So you know good. that that Dude, depends on how you want to. Each opponent. Yeah, 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 each opponent. You know, that depends on how you want to play your uh, your deck. You know, if you want to have only creatures, maybe two basics. That's up to you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no um, yeah, like there are a lot of ways to fill your graveyard, and I would. I feel like it, it's. I like using it for its ults. It's minus two could work, but um. I like it just like trying to like, just ult it for like a good chunk of damage. Okay. Okay, that's good. Alright, the next card. Okay, I'll read this one. 
So next card we hard we have is Lawness Cryptozoologist. Costs one green and one blue. Legendary creature. He's a Simic guy, so he has a bunch of creature types. Snake Elf Scout. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. And then it has a tap ability, sacrifice X clues. Target opponent reveals the top X cards of their library. You may put a non-land permanent with mana value X or less from among them onto the battlefield under your control. The player puts the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. And it's a 1-2. Okay. So me and Chris put it as combo. Chris is combo slash fringe. Kyle mm -hmm. said meh, which I would guess is fringe. <laughs> and Darren put fringe. So I guess, yeah, going from the top, I'll try to convince you guys, I guess, or what, what I saw in this. So uh, green-blue is the draft archetype for tokens in Modern Horizons 2. So I guess that's what this guy is meant for. And um, I guess in EDH, it's a pretty interesting thing because he's low cost, so you can play him early. And after that point, you can make clue tokens, which you can draw cards for. Uh, I I think he might see more play that way because he can he can steal cards from your opponent's deck, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. But in terms of uh, modern constructed, I think he needs a home to be built around him. And I I don't think they they have something yet that can do that. So I can see why you guys aren't totally sold on him. But I think once they do, he's a pretty low cost creature. That I think you'd be okay writing four of them just because his abilities. I mean, I guess you can spam clue tokens, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? <laughs> you know, I I put it as combo slash fringe because I feel like it definitely can be used in a good combo piece. You know, maybe you already have a bunch of clues out and you play this. And just to investigate um, an opponent. I feel like it might be more of a sideboard piece to me. Just because it's like... You never know what your opponent's going to play, right? In modern. You never know if they're going to play like bombs. Or they're going to like... They can mill you out or shock you out. Like... You never know what they can play. So I feel like... It's, it's kind of risky sometimes. You could always like take one of their key pieces away as well. So that might work in your favor. But... If you're expecting a bomb... You might not always hit it. So, I put it as combo fringe because, like, I can see it being played in, like, combo-y decks. But, um, I don't know if I would play it myself. How about you, Kyle? What do you think about this card? The only card that makes me, like, think this card can be, like, semi-good is the, the factory card, also in Modern Horizons 2. The one that's like, oh, if you make one, uh, I think it's like clue, food, and treasure. If you make one of those three, you make all three. Uh -huh. So, like, let's say you have like, like this cryptozoologist, and then like you just keep playing like other creatures, right? This you can probably yeah, you can just like pop off dorks or stuff like that. And then you're getting like a bunch of like. That's when I feel like you're getting a value. Like, let's say you play. Like, Gilded Goose. You know, you make... Yeah. like, And you have the the factory out. So, Gilded Goose makes a food token, which makes all three. So now you have a treasure, a clue, and a food. And then, 
zoologist or cryptozoologist sees that and is like, okay, I'm going to make uh, a clue token, which is also going to make another food and a treasure token. And then it's it's stuff like that that makes me think that it gets combo-y. The, the problem is it's just, it's so... Like, the setup for it is so long, you know what I'm saying? And, like, don't get me wrong, if you have, like, 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 that's, that's a three-piece combo right there that doesn't, like, doesn't really get you much. You just have a bunch of, like, tokens, non-creature tokens, a goose, <laughs> and <laughs> cryptozoologist. So, like, it's not really, like, if I'm your opponent, I'm not really sweating too much, you know? Sounds like a feast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could play. What is it? The troll. Fe yeah, the troll, right? The or feast king. Feasting. Yeah, troll feasting king. troll king. Yeah. And then he makes three on entry. No, uh, he makes. Yeah, he makes three on. Yeah, entry. so he makes three on entry. So then you get three clue tokens and then three more treasures, and then you know, like let's say, yeah. Then you fling it. Yeah, and then you fling it. I don't know, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like, I guess, like, you're just, ma like, using creatures to feed, like, cryptozoologists, but, like, on the other hand, what if you're, what if your opponent's playing Blitz, <laughs> you know? And then you rip off, like, Manamorphos off the top. Or you, like, you're pretty much hitting all, wait, you may put a non-land permanent card with, man yeah, non-land, and it has to be a permanent. And you don't even get all of them. You just get one of them. Yeah, it's it's totally meh, and it's definitely gonna need a lot of like support for it to be like anywhere near, like, constructed good for modern. Alright, Darren, how about you? Um, you put it as fringe, but yeah, where would you see this being played? So you can play this in. Okay, so. The last bunch of text is like the worst part of this card, because, like what you guys are saying, the you you you're gonna you might you might whiff on whatever it is, or it can be good. I don't know. What I do like is the is the whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, investigate. So if you are playing a, it's really like it's a, if if you cared about the investigate portion of it, if you are playing like, um, like a like a clue token deck or a deck that cares about small artifacts that's this card is great for that this can also just be a good like value engine in a in sort of a maybe a bant kind of or some sort of simic some sort of simic kind of um I want to say aggro deck, kind of, but a but a, like a mid-range style deck. Um, this this deck kind of I feel like this deck sucks, but um, but the more creatures that you play, you just you're you're making like more clues, so you can just draw like that's just draw power. It's not amazing, but there's something there to be used. So yeah, but even in that deck, it's just a one-two. It's not the strongest. It's not a. Re it's really not a strong creature. So, eh, you know, it's okay. Uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kyle, I've been joking with these guys that I was gonna make a deck using a uh, junk winder. Yeah. It it's a it's a blue uncommon. Yes, affinity for tokens. 
and then uh, it's it's kind of like a Chadwick where whenever you whenever a token enters the battlefield under your control, you tap target uh, non-line permanent. Yeah, it this sounds like it's card. really good in that deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the in the, in the crab food and then treasure. I was joking. Um, yeah, I was also talking about that card that you mentioned, the one that makes like I think uh, one of each token. Yeah, the factory. And one. Uh, the finisher is um, Rampage of the Clans from <laughs> from Guilds of Ravnica. <laughs> you know which card I see. Uh, it's like the green one where like you destroy all artifacts. Destroy all artifacts and enchantments. Make a three-three. Uh, <laughs> like boar uh, or something. Yeah. For like each one you destroy. But the right? thing is, it's instant speed, so you don't know when I'm gonna cast it. You know, <laughs> I'll do it on your end step, and then just like throw all these like all these food that you were laughing at, all these clues, <laughs> and, and their tokens too. I don't know. Junkwinder is just gonna <laughs> tap all your board down. You won't. You won't make the deck. Yeah. You won't. I, how do you know I haven't built it already? Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. His secret finisher. No. And to be honest, I actually never noticed this card before until like I saw it like, hey, this guy, like what you said, this guy makes tokens. I don't know, guys. Maybe you just gave me a, like, you know, a new yeah, it's, piece it's, to add to the it's, deck. It's yeah. a pretty good card. It just needs a home. <laughs> it has a home, yeah, Darren. He just said the home. He just said his home. Uh, we'll oh, God. Uh, it's like if you imagine if you think of decks as like you know how well built they are, you know, think of this as like literally like a janky like, hey, let me slap all these like you know, and then like rampage of class, the house gets destroyed because you know all he cares about is <laughs> this is a transformer, man. It's funny how Kyle knew what card I'm talking about right now. <laughs> uh, dude, you love it. Yeah, that's dude. That's so funny. No, because I was looking for like instant like. I think for like commander, I was looking for like instant artifact removal, and then that like popped up. And I was like, "What the yeah. heck?" <laughs> but I don't want them to get. I don't want to get. I don't want them to get bores. You want to give yourself bores. <laughs> you know, literally, that's what I thought of too. And I saw the guys like, "I don't want them to get it." And I'm like, "Wait, I can have them, and I can play my own." <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll see, guys. You'll see next time we play. Oh god, um, I'm terrified. All right, guys. So we we're actually only halfway through our list. And we've been recording for an hour and a half. Uh-huh. So, um, you guys would just want to do a part two next time yeah, and for sure. go on from Master there. Master of Death yeah. is what uh, kicks it off. Yeah. Um, uh, Darren, can you give us a sign off, well, please? Uh, we'll see you guys next time when we record part two of the colored of the color co- right. mo- co- gold cards. The co- multicolor cards. Multicolor. On this nameless podcast. On the nameless podcast. Should we? Uh, should we redo that? No, it's okay. Hi, Kevin from work. Hi, Kevin from work. (laughs) Hi, Kevin from work. Hi, Kevin from work.